Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Noodling with Josh. My name is Josh and I have a noodle making me uniquely qualified once again to host this podcast. Um, thank you so much for tuning in. If this is your first episode, welcome. If this is not your first episode, welcome back. Really appreciate you tuning in. Today's guest is Pastor Jeremy Martin. And no, I didn't do that on purpose. Um, the previous episode recorded on August 8th with David Perry we actually talk a lot about faith and we talk a lot about the church that David Perry and his father moved to Las Vegas to form. And ironically enough, my guest today also moved um, to Las Vegas to start a church. Well, moved to Las Vegas, then moved out and then moved back. Uh, you really just have to listen to find out more. And this church is unlike anything that I've, I've seen um, in the Valley thus far. It's incredibly entertaining uh, and incredibly interesting to hear him talk about what brought him to Las Vegas, and specifically downtown Las Vegas. So sit back, tune in, enjoy, hit the theme. Welcome to another episode of Noodling with Josh. It's like a switch. I can just turn it yeah, on. I, I say that it. every time. Yeah, that was good. It literally, it's just <laughs> back of the head. Ready Your radio go. voice came on. Oh, yeah. Really Performance great. mode. Yeah. Performance really mode. really good. Well, I mean, it's it's like that sport button in your car. You don't know what it does <laughs> until you hit it. That's the, that's mine. Um, I have another incredible guest in the quote-unquote studio um, today, Mr. Jeremy Martin. Hello. Welcome to myself welcome to, to you yeah welcome to doing with josh how yes. are you oh man i'm doing good I, i'm loving the uh the vibe of the studio if you guys haven't been in the studio you gotta try and get in here and get on here i'm i'm summoning the power of han solo nature boy rick flair some amazing art so seriously yeah. it, it, it is like a tiny peek inside my brain yeah well, this that, is that, just the that, stuff that like this is the stuff that i keep around me yeah to like keep myself this, that is the perfect description of this because like, yeah i feel like it is you it's a little bit of everything in everything yeah it's oh. really cool for better or for worse when you can <laughs> see it you'll have to make your own opinions yeah i mean I, you got the shot glasses the aviators the yeah i well so the shot glasses are actually part of the the podcast oh really enough there are three rules okay and we can uh the first rule we can play you know hard or soft um if we get interrupted we have to take a shot okay Okay. I can do that. All right. Yeah. So in that case, I'm going to take my phone off silent and let fate play. Oh, well, then I that's, guess I'll have to do my off silent as well. Yeah, then. yeah. that's 100% what I do is I, I turn okay. it off, and if something happens and we get called on it, I, I can I can absolutely play that game. Wonderful. So, yeah. Get it. And is that a bar of gold? It, so it, it is a bar of gold. <laughs> um, I have a uh, – off the show you after. It, it's a pair of sunglasses. Do we already get immediately <laughs> – uh, yeah, someone asking for a favor. That's amazing. I, That's, <laughs> I'm going to at least finish explaining yeah, the yeah, rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we'll have to pause. Yeah. And I can show you what's in the gold bar. Uh, the second rule is if I ask anything that you don't have an answer to or if you can't answer, our safe word is Dean's French onion dip. In the forever <laughs> quest of getting exactly free Dean's is. French onion dip. Yes. Favorite food in the world. Really? Only thing better than that's popcorn. And popcorn is okay. on such another level for me that nothing even compares. Now, are we talking straight movie theater popcorn? Or are we I, talking... Pop secret movie theater okay. for the microwave. Okay. That's the only one that I'll do. 
Really? Only thing better than that is movie theater popcorn. Okay. Specifically, okay. one where they let you butter it yourself. Yep. Yep. Well, like a very specific butter process. Oh, do you? Oh. You're so quite much the aficionado. So I, I go to at least a movie a week. Mm. And I have what's called Movie Pass. It's actually uh, it's like 30 bucks a month for unlimited film. Um, and what they do is they give you a card. Like yeah. A, like a Visa card. And when you go to the films, you check in and it auto loads your card for 12 bucks. So that's a movie ticket right there. So I pay 30 bucks for wow. unlimited movie. And I go enough that, it, that it's totally worth it. Yeah. Isn't that right? Uh, I'm gonna have to look into that. Check it out. I'm there because yeah, because I'm like that's my thing. My wife and I, that's been our thing since the beginning. Is yeah. we we both love stories. We love movies. Oh yeah, and that's what we do. We take our kids' movies. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, well, our four year old, our two year old, she's not quite there. She's uh, yeah, it doesn't <laughs> quite make a memory yet. Yeah, so. she, she's not there. But but our our son specifically. I mean, I, he sat through the entire Civil War movie at, at j- not even three years old. That's amazing, and he loved it. And like, know? and, and like, he was oh, in it. Yeah, it's one of his all-time favorite movies. I That's mean, he just Yeah, I love Black Panther. Can't, oh, yeah. Can't wait for the new one to come out. Oh, so, yeah, it's like we're, we're movie people, so that sounds like a great idea. Yes. Like yeah, that. check it out. It's absolutely worth it if you see more than two movies a month. Like yeah. that's that's yep. the way I figure it out, and especially if you're in like a family, right? Like if you can just knock off the cost of one ticket, yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's huge. Saving some money somewhere, and you got to do that in this day and age. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. So the only other rule we have is that if I uh, when I post, you have to repost. Okay. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. I'm gonna repost like crazy. Back scratching. I love this stuff. Yeah. yeah. And I actually um, was going to act, I've waited to share the episode that we've done okay. together on your podcast because I wanted to do like a, a flip-flop post where it's just I like, love it. I was here and he was here. You should check, yes. like listen to them both back to back. That sounds great. And we'll, uh, we'll like simultaneously market that, put that I out love there. Because again, great conversation first time. Looking forward to this time. For oh, sure. yeah. I, and, awesome. and this is, I mean, even less structured because I don't have questions. You had some incredible questions, and I figured, yeah, just get, yeah. It's uh, well, the our the nature of our podcast is um, is kind of examining, exploring yeah. people in a very specific direction. Mm-hmm. So it's always a lot of fun. Yeah. I love it. I love. It. So we'll talk about that in a second, but yeah. we've already been interrupted. So. We have in Gold Bar. What was Gold Bar? Oh, so Gold Bar. It's actually a pair of sunglasses. Like, oh, did you ever watch Do the Right Thing? No. Okay. I know what you're talking about. Never, never <laughs> seen it. <laughs> no, that counts as one. That still counts as one. Okay. Because my phone just went off like three times. <laughs> All right. We'll be right back. Two seconds. Okay. So we're back. And again, I, I feel like I'm, I should almost change the Dean's French onion dip to Malibu. I've been leaning into <laughs> it just because it's so easy to, to, to drink and I yes. don't make a weird noise it's, after I shoot it. It's... <laughs> Do you make a weird noise with other drinks? With some of like Fernet, like it's like a, I can't talk for thirty seconds. Oh. Like the Kool Aid, huh? Yeah, I know, right? Haha. <laughs> Cheers. Nice mic work. I like that you also refer to Fernet as the Kool Aid. Yeah, I've read some books. <laughs> I'm assuming some books were uh, about some kingdoms. That happen to have happiness in them. That's right. Yeah, I uh, was fascinated by it. You know, as a uh, a, a downtown resident, I felt like yeah. it was important to understand some of the even recent history um, of things in downtown. Yeah, and yeah. So um, read that one, which I know some people can be taboo. Not so much. I actually wrote a blog post about it because mm-hmm. I think there was uh, just a lot of uh, deep, heavy things. 
you know? And, uh, but yeah, so it's funny. It's like, I'll know I'm really in downtown when I've ever drank Fernet. Yes. Like, <laughs> 100%. <laughs> so the book that we're talking about is actually called Kingdom of Happiness. And, and it is uh, about um, kind of the revitalization of downtown, mm-hmm. yep. including Zappa's pieces and downtown project for Las Vegas. And it's, um, it was an interesting read because when I read it, I was still a part of Zappos. Okay. And the part in the pieces about downtown, you could kind of tell that they're from one person's lens. Right. And that was the one thing that you needed to remind other people as they were reading is like, this isn't fact. This is one person's perspective. Exactly. Which and doesn't necessarily make it right or wrong. Obviously, course. there are some... You know, maybe truth or fact or error in in whatever in perception. But oh, yeah, yeah, there's, um, you know, because I've talked, I've I've heard mixed reviews of it. Yeah, uh, you know, some people, uh, going man, like yeah, it was interesting to look back and read. Yes, what happened or what they experienced. You know, and the stuff with downtown project because that's not a part of Zappos. Like mm-hmm. that's all like, uh, for me, it was just one person's perspective. Exactly. I do know that a lot of the Zappos stuff that was brought up. I mean. A good chunk of it was factually false. Okay. And okay. Yeah. Again, if you're trying to, in no way was it a nonfiction. It was. It was a perspective. There almost needs yeah. to be a, a place in between fiction and nonfiction that, like, just says it's perspective. Yep. Yeah. It's just it's, like this is how yeah. I experienced. Yep. This exactly. Well, because be mo- a lot of people write that way. Yeah. Right. This mm-hmm. is their experience. This is what they've learned on that yeah. experience. And specifically, journalism. Oh, absolutely. Is a perspective. Yeah. Hundred percent. And trying to get facts. Take right, yourself but, out of it. To right. Right. Yeah. Right. Which I, I felt that the author did do a good job of of saying because I, I feel like that whole experience for her. Um, and I've talked to her a little bit about this. She was actually on my podcast. Oh yeah, while she was still writing the book. Oh, very uh, cool. Yeah, way back when when I first moved in, she's one of our, our first guests um, because someone um, was just like, "Hey, you, you two should talk." And like, she literally just showed up, and I had recorded oh, one man. with someone else, and just yeah. record, just continued and recorded with her, and uh, it was really cool. Um, so I've talked to her about the the book since its release and stuff like that, and um, I think for her, she had a very difficult. Um, responsibility and that was sure. to be both subjective and objective at the same time so you're reading her story and its story yes at the yeah. same time because she was caught up in in a lot of the revitalization and, and at least she was the, the part process. of the story yeah she yeah. was part of the story so yeah it, it's tough to be both objective and subjective at the same time especially on a topic that you're emotionally invested in exactly yeah you're rooting for i want this to be better and, yeah. and here's the fact the matter is it's it's not as good as what i wanted it to be or whatever yeah uh, so yeah tough tough responsibility it actually um yeah led me to where we have discussion series on sundays and things we talk about so we're going to be talking about happiness Oh, really? uh, in October, the month of October, five Sundays that month, we're going to be talking about um, happiness and uh, spirituality yeah. and what did Jesus have to say about what real happiness is? Because, I mean, happiness is a big deal to people. Right? Oh, I mean, it's literally the pursuit. It, right? Yeah, the pursuit. Ingrained in our country. And a lot of times churches, because um, that's the world that I come from, um, churches you hear this a lot 
well, God wants you to be holy, not happy. Like God's not concerned with our happiness. Yeah. And I just think that's a total myth because I, yeah. Jesus in his most famous sermon started the whole thing off with happy are those who blank yeah. because they will blank. And, yeah. and he gives like 10 of these uh, happy are those who mourn for they will uh, my happier than meek, right? Because mm-hmm. they will inherit the earth. Mm-hmm. And, um, and the word that's in our most Bibles is blessed. Yeah. But what the, if you look at the translation, it's very rooted, really saying happy. He's saying happy are these kind of people. And so, and that's actually his message on the kingdom. So we're actually going to kind of play off of some That's amazing. Yeah. And so uh, hashtag blessed is what we're going to call it. Uh, oh, I love it. Happy people in a kingdom of happiness. I love that. And it, it, in this sense, it really isn't subjective. He literally means happiness. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. No, no, no. This is this is a, a new upside down path to real happiness, uh, which I think most of us think would see happiness not as just pleasure, mm-hmm. but as um, some kind of sustained meaning and purpose in our life. Yeah. And so, yeah. So we're going to talk about that, and I think I think a happiness discussion in downtown Las Vegas is. Uh, needed and yeah, needed and <laughs> would is, be appreciated for sure. I, yeah, and I'm hoping um, I'm hoping people that whether they read that book or they read different books like Delivering Happiness, yeah. and, you know, and that inspires them um, that they'll come be a part of that conversation because we do actually literally have a discussion time and yeah. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of thoughts <laughs> and feelings that. on this. Oh man, I love that. So we we skip past. What do you do? We started just talking about mm-hmm, it. Let's mm-hmm. let's let's go backwards. Yeah, yeah, a little bit and talk about. Um, you brought up the ministry and you brought up Sundays. So, Jimmy, you came back to Vegas to start a church. Yes. So I and I moved here from Jacksonville, Florida, mm-hmm. in two thousand nine, and I was an intern uh, at a church in North Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. So not North Las Vegas. Sometimes people think North Las Vegas is like just north of like five fifteen, where it's yeah. really really or bad. Like the, no. I was like way up, like Aliante, like Nellis. Uh, yeah, all like the that. way up. Yeah, we had a lot mountains. of a lot of people in our church that were at Nellis Air Force Base. Yeah. Kind of thing. So way way north, the north side of the mountain, north side of the valley. Um, a really cool church. It was it was a unique church experience for me. Um, That's awesome. From where I was from, and it was a good thing for my wife and I both. Uh, but we did move away after the year internship was done. Mm. Uh, they they offered me a job, um, which most normal people would have just gone, man, we love this. We're going to take that. And instead, I was like, no, 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 I'm going to move to North Carolina and start a church and just no income, no job, yeah. And which is how we moved out to Vegas. That's how we, a year later, moved oh, across the country it. to North Carolina. Um, I have a really good wife who was very um, – Adventurous. I was gonna say adventurous. Things. That yeah. is the best word for it. Yeah, I mean, she's jumped off the stratosphere. Have you ever seen the like the, the oh, yeah. free fall yeah, thing free that fall. people do? Mm-hmm. She 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 did that. Um, yeah, so she she is she's adventurous. Uh, and then uh, a year later, not even a year later, we kind of had this feeling of ooh, Vegas is like still in our minds. Yeah, it's still in our heart. Still calling here. And we. Yeah, calling us is a great, great way to, yeah. to look at. It. And so we, we just, we knew we weren't necessarily supposed to be where we were any longer. We were there for a time, which was great. Sure. Uh, which sometimes I think we all have uh, people for a time, or yeah. we have a place for oh, a time totally. in our life. Where in North Carolina were you? Uh, Winston Salem. Okay. Which is uh, turning into one of the, uh, you know, best cities to live in in the country. It's actually a really great oh, it's place. Yeah. yeah, I used to. Uh, I would go down to Topsail. Uh, or uh, Topsail Islands, right down in North Carolina. Okay. Kind of like t- 
towards the border of North and South Carolina. Okay, that's what I was going to say. Like, yeah, like over and over towards the coast a little more. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, right yeah. on the coast. Yep. It's, it's a little island. And, yep. Very cool. Yeah. No, it's I a good vacation spot, right? Great yeah. vacation yeah. spot. Yeah, North Carolina has a beautiful. And, and actually, I'm still in really good relationship with the church that we helped start there. They're oh, that's just, awesome. They're rocking and rolling uh, as far as they were very different for, you know, North Carolina. Why would you start a new church, right? There's like... She has lot of hundreds stuff, yeah. of churches in, in that culture, and it was because they were just doing something a little different. Yeah. And so I was very excited to be a part of that. They actually are um, supporting what we've been doing in downtown. But but even even then, just like after a time, it was like, okay, we need to go do something different. So yeah. we actually moved back across the country. So I drove across the country, literally a drive across the country four times in two years. I was going to say, we um, have two Vegas. Yeah. To North Carolina, back to Vegas, back to Vegas, and then back to Vegas again because my wife actually moved out before I did. <laughs> um, so yes, uh, a lot of driving across. I'm done, done driving I forty. That's uh, that's all there is to it. But yeah, so we. That is a very, it is a very long trip. I've done it from yeah. Michigan to Vegas. Yes, it's, yeah. It's oh, not. I mean, it was what three thousand miles, two thousand twenty eight hundred miles from like North that, Carolina. So. Yeah, it's two thousand to from here to Detroit. Yeah. so it's got to be more. Yeah. To North Carolina. So it was, uh, did it a few times. So, but it was, it was, those were great times. But we moved back. So I actually went and took a job, a different job. They offered me a different job at the church in North Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Was there. Um, and then 2015, um, I looked around and was like, hey, the things that I set out to do here, yeah. um, I've done. Yeah. And it was, a, I was in a really good place. And I kind of asked the question, what next? Yeah. Well, and what's my next Yeah. Where, where's the next thing? And what had happened from the time that I moved back. So I was on a plane ride. Uh, and some people, if you're downtown people, you might even recognize. I'll throw out some names. There's a guy named Zach I was sitting next to on a plane. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was on Zappos' website almost the, the entire time we were on this plane ride. Like 2000, this is late 2011. Um and so we're right. I'm, we're flying back, and I'm coming to Vegas to see my wife. I had not yet moved back. She was yeah. living here. Yep. Um, so I was coming out just to hang out for the weekend or something. And uh, I'm sitting next to the guy. It was one of those flights like we didn't really. I don't really talk to people, but then it got really bumpy, and then like it smoothed out, and you're just really glad to be alive because you're about yeah. to land. You're you know. Like, okay. Yeah. Right. And so you start like <laughs> connecting with the human next to you. Yes. Yeah. And so he, he and I started talking, and he started talking about. All that Zappos was wanted to do downtown, yeah, and their their community focus mm-hmm. uh, with you know kind of behind everything they were doing and and the remodel of Old City Hall yeah. and and uh, you don't know if you were with Zappos at that time. My or first you... desk was in Carson, so I went from Carson to the new building. Oh, okay, so cool. I was never in the old one up in. Henderson. So you were in the transition area. I was in the transition okay. spot yeah. downtown while they were still rebuilding. Yeah, so it would have been around that time yeah. then, mm-hmm. uh, and so. He, he was just telling me about all of it and, you know, moving back to Vegas, knowing that I love Vegas and I'm kind of in it. And so I was just fascinated by this. This was going on in our city. Oh, yeah. It was exciting. Um, I was like, cool. And he gave me his, his name, his email, and I never really reached out or anything. Um, so that was 2011, like probably, you know, fall, late summer 2011. So fast forward 2015 or, yeah, 2015, uh, beginning of 2015, what's next? Um, there were also a couple other, there was, um, so there was that, there was, uh, a person that I knew at the church that I was at who was, 
who started working for Zappos. Okay. Um, she's one of the first people you see when you walk up at the front, Capri. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay, yeah, very uh, cool. You know, good friend of ours. And Love Capri. Yes, so sweet, big heart. Um, so she started working there, and she was taking a tour of something, and on like a, a dream board of some sort, maybe for downtown project or something. It was just things that they wanted to see in the area, and there was a sticky note that said church, and someone had put that on there. Oh, very cool. Yeah, and I'm for, familiar with that wall. Yeah, and for some reason, she thought, she would take a picture of it and send it to me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not sure why, you know, but she Ch- said Church going fell out. Like yeah, yeah. Like, oh, self-driven. But, I mean, all I the pastors, the all the people at the church, maybe, you know, but for some reason she sent it to me and said, hey, I thought this was interesting. thought you'd like it. I was like, oh, cool. Uh, another another young lady, um, uh, Lauren, who now has her own fashion line and stuff like that, but she had visited our church. Yeah. And came out the from the back doors like after the service and was like, oh, we need this downtown. Yeah. And uh, it was interesting. She told one of the other pastors there and he said, actually, you should go talk to that guy then. And I was like, okay. So she came over you're, to me. You're and, turning into the downtown. Yeah. And, and yeah, so all these things are starting to happen. And so when I asked the question, what next? Yeah. I was actually sitting in downtown at the Beat Coffee Shop and the old green couch that oh, looks like yeah. they picked it up off the side of the road. Oh, gross green couch. Yeah. Definitely said nothing. But, like, you go way down in it. It was yes. so comfortable. I loved it. <laughs> um, and I asked that question while sitting in that couch, and it was just became very clear, like, okay, here. Yeah. And I was like, well, what would I do? And so we, um, like, just a few weeks after that, I went and kind of put in my notice at the church I was at. said, mm-hmm. hey, we're going to go down and start a church in downtown in downtown i'll figure it out yeah we're just gonna figure it out and uh they were like cool um a lot of times maybe the church will like support you they weren't unsupportive they just weren't gonna back it you yeah know, in any course. kind of way which was was understandable and we're sure. um had their own things to worry about if anything else and, yeah and yeah. i i told him i said i'll stay and work here until you find someone to replace me or until the end of the year so yeah. i really gave him like an 11 month notice you know <laughs> uh, so about october they were able to replace me so october 2015 we started um full-fledged focusing on downtown we already lived there though april 2015 we moved downtown to okay, the yeah. urban lofts right yeah. there at uh, carson 11th um love those yes i'm so i'm upset we don't live there anymore yeah it was the coolest ever they, they are really cool yeah. yeah so we uh had some great neighbors there too and it's also, it's funny you actually I, i've added to my list as we've been talking about it yeah, yeah. i need to interview uh, lauren randall for sure yes because I want to know where Melon Hopper came from and where it's going. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, that's the nice thing about living downtown is you're always surrounded by cool neighbors. Yes. Because for some reason they've been called to downtown. For some reason, like they felt the need to be down there, and especially before it became as popular as it is now. Right. Well, and what I found too is most people in downtown. What's been so inspiring about living downtown for me and the people there is that most of the people that have like chosen to be down there and are, are, are working their butts out. They're doers. Yeah. Oh yeah. They're not, um, they're not talkers. So like, there's a lot of people that talk about the things that they want to do, or if, if yep. life were this perfect situation, this is what they would create. Yep. Um, and what I, and that was kind of just the world I always lived in. Like you always just dreamed of, if I had all the opportunity, I would do this, but you if feel, I could do this and that and yeah. yeah, like you're enslaved to this other thing that you're doing, but you're not passionate about. And what I saw was sure these people are working their regular, you know, maybe nine to five jobs, but then they're creating and they're doing and they're working and passionately for this yeah. other thing. And there was this whole world of, of creators and doers. And 
and entrepreneurs and artists and it's like well doing the church thing was i mean an entrepreneur yeah. right like this is something that's never existed and we're creating this thing that's never existed before yep. and and, and uh, i think that's what downtown vegas specifically attracts those people yes. because there's not stuff there like that's, right it's not a, right by any stretch of the imagination i i would never say like if you're moving from i'm just gonna use let's just you know salem if you're yep, moving yep. from north carolina to downtown vegas you're not gonna get the same experience you're coming to a city where like the lego blocks are there but you have to build it yep and you have yep. to come ready to every do. yes yes you got to come ready to do everyone yeah. here is looking for what are you contributing to yep. the space yep. that is here and i felt that i thrived on that i got to jump into so i mean we gosh we lived in downtown you know 20 months before we started the church before yeah. we actually started we spent all of 2016 in preparation for this um and the whole time we just created yeah. to kind of lead up to it uh, but we also jumped in on things that other people were doing so i volunteered with the downtown podcast mm -hmm. um and did some comedy for them and just really whatever they they needed and yeah um and tried to jump in with partners like uh, over at Caridad, uh, Meredith, and mm -hmm. uh, just just wherever we could find a place to kind of serve the community, to bring something to the area, uh, we did, and and it was a blast. Oh, it's amazing, man! Uh, and just loving, loving every bit of it, loving the the Zappos stuff as far as just some of the stuff they do with the community. Yeah, yeah, I think that we, we talked about on our podcast how we met was at you know one of their Christmas things. Yeah, just one of the events for the community. We just wandered into you know we're like yeah. oh the kids will maybe like this you know and <laughs> and, uh, and so, yeah it was uh, so that's kind of been our journey with that and so then we started a church really 2016. Yeah, it, it was. Um, conceived you know and and i guess birthed in in 2017 january yeah and so we're about you know a little over six months full-blown into it um and and where downtown are you located so we we're kind of what you would call a portable church right now yep. so um but we have partnered with ninth bridge school mm -hmm. so at ninth and bridger um and they allow us to store our equipment there in one of the closets and then we just we pull it out set it up for our um for our gathering discussions. Yeah. Um, and if, if you're wondering what that is, I can explain that later. A lot of people are like, what does that what you mean? Church service? And I was like, well, kind of, um, <laughs> but we pull our stuff out, kind of set it up and then we use that. And so we, we we're able to, for them, it's really passive income. Yeah. Um, and for us, it's a, it's a great place. It's it a, a great, great place. space, great room. Oh, it's beautiful. Um, uh, it used to, it was an old church. Yeah. Still got the bell that goes yeah. off. Right now. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, yeah, so, so we meet there. That's where our, our Sunday discussions are. Uh, but then we also have a once-a-month thing at um, – well, it's a twice-a-month thing. So we partner with another church to do it once one time at Cornish Pasty. Mm -hmm. We do a pub theology where we meet, have a beer, talk about talk, – talk, talk more about that because yeah. this is the type of theology that I think people <laughs> – I need. Like, or yeah, yeah. They, they at least need to know that there's more than just a – 10 a.m. Sunday mass like absolutely there's more to than that so tell yeah, me about yeah. pub theology so um pub theology it's actually it's not a it's not a creation of our own uh, I was talking with a, a, a local pastor telling him what we were doing honestly I was trying to get him to buy into what we were doing and for their church to give us money to yeah. start it right so I was fundraising 
And as I was explaining, our idea of we want to create space to discuss life and faith and what our Sunday um, would look like, our Sunday, you know, at 11 in the morning, kind of it is discussion-based and all that kind of stuff. But he was like, you know, this sounds familiar. There's somebody doing something like that, I think, in, in a bar or something. And so I looked it up, and there was a guy he wrote. Um, he's up in Indiana, and he just started meeting with just people that he would connect with, and they mm -hmm. would meet, you know, once a week at a pub, and they would uh, have a beer, have discussion. It was people of all kinds of philosophies and, oh, and ideologies. Yeah. Um, and it was really just a connecting point to share thoughts and to – to agreeably disagree even, um, which is one of the things we found does happen for the most part is people agreeably disagree at the, that. So I, I just bought all the resources I could from this yeah. guy and then we're actually on their directory and kind of signed up for all their stuff. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and so we do that um, at Cornish Pasty second, second Monday of every month and mm -hmm. the last Monday of every month. We do it over at Banger Brewing, which yeah. is you know another downtown startup. Right on the thing. strip. Yeah. Right there, yeah. Um, and so um, that's been really cool. So really what that is, is we meet and we have just very like open questions. So some of the questions are on creativity. Some of the questions yeah. might be on philosophy. Um, some of it might be, um, you know, current events. Mm -hmm. And so we're talking about what are the worldview implications based on these events? And I think a lot of times people's worldviews develop from their God view. Yeah, um, for sure. And so, yeah, so it kind of, kind of get, you know, the God aspect kind of always comes up no matter what the questions are because they are deep questions or they are really thoughtful questions. So, um, yeah, so we do that and again, try whatever maybe new beer banger has going on and, um, and we just meet around tables and we have that discussion and uh, it's been before we started like our Sunday stuff, mm -hmm. it was it was really growing in popularity. And then a lot of people, because they were coming to that, thought, well, I feel like it's safe to go to Sunday, too. So sure. so we have a yeah. lot of people that that kind of that was their first step in mm -hmm. engaging with what um, with our discussions that we set up. Yeah. Um, and, and that's one of the many things that we talked about in the pot in your podcast that I was a part of the episode that I was, mm -hmm. um, was my biggest thing when it comes to, to organize religion right. is the, the structure and basically the organized part of it. Like yep. the fact that it needs to be so rigorous and that's yep. what immediately turned me off as I started looking into my own faith and spirituality and the fact that you've taken that and you've been like, you know what, that's not necessary for us to have quality conversations. Yes. Like, you don't need to be in a very specific place to have a very specific type of conversation. Uh, right. You need well, to be comfortable to have a deep conversation. Yeah. So it's like, and if, we're, if everyone at the table is in the exact same place, conversation goes nowhere. Yeah. And so a lot of times in, in churches, you either feel like you can't, there's nothing else to say because you've been told what to say, yeah. I think. Or you, you think you're unqualified to say. Or you're unqualified yeah. to say. Yeah. So there's nothing, or you've just go well yeah i'm just going to agree with whatever is said yeah um and yeah it's a little bit of the um the you know there's a construct of church and so whenever we decided to kind of start this we just said okay well what can we deconstruct and mm -hmm. rethink and yeah. reimagine and then that's really what the, and again it's not just me there's a there's a team of people who again are not they're kind of the ragtag team you wouldn't necessarily if you're starting a church you might not necessarily go <laughs> for these people but yeah. uh they're they're the people who really caught on to the vision and they're all incredibly talented and gifted um 
and all over the spectrum as far as like what would be considered like spirituality as far as you know where they are in in, in a lot of places and um so this whole team like you know what we've what we're reconstructing yeah is something that we think could be positive for downtown Las Vegas, not yes. maybe not anywhere. Maybe again, yeah. Winston Salem, North Carolina. Um, they're doing something that's different for their culture, but yeah. I don't know if they brought what we did there if it would thrive. But it is um, what we imagined for downtown and the p- type of people that are downtown. Yeah, it, it's really coming back to my favorite saying in the world: "Know your audience." Yeah, yeah, that, that's that a good one. Literally fits with everything when it comes to like planning in the future, and, and you're absolutely right. Yeah bringing the pub theology and, and figuring out how to bring, well, yeah, basically know your audience in that context is, yep. I mean. Well, what I realized about downtown is that people like yourself, right? Yep. Like, why do you have a podcast? Well, it's probably because you have something to say. You have thoughts. You've considered things. And you you want to have those discussions, yep. right? And yep. so one of the things I realize is uh, just very intelligent, again, creative, they're doers and the people that are here don't want, they're not satisfied with being told what to think, mm-hmm. whether it's, it's politically or religiously or spiritually or economically, whatever they want to, they want to wrestle with it. They yeah. want to discuss it, have conversations yep. and, and not necessarily be right. Yeah. That's no, one of yeah. the few things that I think people need to kind of get over yep. themselves is like, you have a conversation because you're not 100% there. Yep. Well, and, yeah, if if you would rather be right than in relationship, you're never going to have a conversation. No. Right? Like, you're yeah. just, you, there's a line in the sand. And so one of the things I'm you know, working on a, a book, kind of be like our manifesto, like, why would we do church this way? Why are we yeah. thinking this way? Yeah. And, like, chapter number one, um, which I don't think is a great title. I think I'm going to re- retitle chapter number one, was you could be wrong. Yeah. You could oh, be wrong. I think it's a great title. You could <laughs> especially when it comes to something that is is presented to everyone as a rigid, infallible structure. Like right. that is the probably the furthest thing you could say to someone of faith is, Hey, you could be wrong. Right. That's why we have conversations about it. Well, and I would even say of uh, people of, of all walks of life. Yeah. So science is such a you know, sometimes people pit science and faith against each other. I think they're more alike than people we're going to have a discussion on that in the future as well. Uh, I think they're, yeah, we're on the same page here. They are absolutely more like when a scientist discovers something or has an idea or a theory about something. One of the things that they understand when they tell me is they could be wrong. Yeah. I think this is how the world could work. I've discovered this, this leads to this. And, but ultimately humility would say I could be wrong. Yeah. Um, you know, I I mean, what was it? the gravitational waves that, you know, I think it was last year is like the biggest deal. Mm -hmm. That was just a theory for a long time. Absolutely. And Einstein could have been wrong. Yeah. And, and, (laughs) and and it's funny that you say like, because with science, the point of publishing a theory is so someone else can refute it and find another way. Mm -hmm. Like no one is saying that like E equals MC squared is the only way to look at this. Right. It's just the best way. That yeah. we found so far. So far. Doesn't mean stop looking. Yep. And that's the same thing when it comes to religion. <laughs> yes. Just because I think a there's lot of one way that's popular and one way that's in charge. So good. Does that mean that that is the only way you're allowed to look yep. at that? And it doesn't mean we stop looking. No, I, I think that's, that's, I mean, that's, exa- yes. I love the way you worded that. And that's, that's been kind of one of the things, because honestly, I mean, I grew up in a world where um, you did, you stopped looking. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, 
there you was, figured they had the answers, so you didn't need to look. Yeah, and, that, and that's what they're, they're – yeah, like it's this, it's this approach of this is the way it is, yeah. not um, the Bible or spirituality and God being this, this lifelong journey of discovery. Yeah. yeah. Um, and this it is, was – no, this is just what it is. Yeah. Oh, 100%. And, and this is something that we talked about on, on yours, so there's going to be a tiny bit of overlap, but I um, don't think I've ever talked about this on, on my podcast. Mm-hmm. I I came from uh, like a, a rigid, like first through eighth grade, this is how it is. Don't okay. question it. Mm-hmm. Like, this is just what it is. And then when I went to high school and I was being taught by the Jesuits, it was more you need to learn all the religions because there isn't just a way there is the way. And then right. you need to figure out how you get there. Yeah. And interesting. Yeah. And that, I mean, and again, I think that's one of the things we, you know, I went to Christian school. The idea of learning other religions was just, um, you just didn't do that. Yeah. Right. Because, and the worry was, well then that, what if they no longer believe this, but they believe that. And like, that was this big worry. That's and again, in this world where everyone's telling you that God's in control, but yet you're worried about controlling that person. Yeah. So it, it you know, it, and it's full of hypocrisy again, like so many other, um, Institutions, yeah, uh, yeah. That your institutions are full of hypocrisy. Watch, we're both wrong, and there's actually like four gods up there, and whoever has the most, po- you know, <laughs> followers by 2015 win or 2050 yeah. wins. <laughs> That'd be crazy. That'd be the coolest yeah. thing in the world if that's what we figured out. And I'd be well, like, and that's huh. the yeah, and it's like, huh, and that's I mean, that's where it all comes from. Is you know, if you talk to kids, like they're gonna ask you questions. Yeah. Um, you know, and I had a friend who whose dad was a pastor, a pretty prominent pastor, and. And he just asked him, how do we know we're right? Yeah. And the dad, I think, gave the right answer of, uh, well, this is, that's, what, that's where faith comes yeah, in. Yeah, that's the point of the faith. That's, yeah, is there is an uncertainty. Yeah. We believe we go in this direction. Here's, here's why. It's not unfounded. It's not just imaginary. Here's the reasons why we think this. Mm-hmm. But ultimately it comes down to faith and embraces uncertainty. And that's, so as a church, that's one of the things that we want to do is we want to create space, to discuss life and faith. And we believe that when we discuss, we humbly come to the table to talk about important things, yeah. uh, embracing the uncertainty in our own hearts mm-hmm. um, and, and listening well and trying to ask the right questions oh, that. that connect to life and faith. Um, because I think ultimately everything is, is spiritual and it comes down to some, um, yeah, the very core of who we are. Yeah. And so, yeah. so, yeah, so that's who we are in a nutshell as far it. as downtown faith. And yeah. do, do you know what's crazy is, it was totally without doing this on purpose, yesterday my guest was David Perry. Okay. And David Perry's, um, he works with Abundant Living Las Vegas, okay. which is another church. Um, oh, really? In, and he is the uh, worship minister. Very cool. Um, his father is um, Pastor da- uh, Pastor Bob Perry, and he is in charge. He Same thing. Okay. They came from Texas, and they moved up and started their own church. Really? What yeah. part of town are they in? Um, oh, hold on. It's, a, it's Abundant Living Las Vegas. Uh, I believe they're... they're oh, uh, they're on Patrick and Rainbow. Okay. Is what he was saying yesterday. Cool. So... Um, yeah, it's it's crazy cool. that I, I have back to back, right, 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 like, just religious <laughs> episodes. And, That's pretty cool. Yeah, pretty totally cool. without even meaning to. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, but yeah, you should you should. His name is David Perry, and yeah, look uh, him up. I'm always looking for 
uh, friendly faces in the city. You yeah. know, again, even if if because a lot of times another thing churches don't do well is play well together if they disagree on certain things. Yeah, I try to um, put that aside because I know there's certainly some commonality and things like that. And oh, ways yeah. you can help each other and all that kind of stuff. That's oh, cool. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. That's because yeah. one of my favorite and you say commonality and one of my favorite things to think about and this is we can talk about this or this can just be a random thought because i don't know mm-hmm. i don't want to surprise it. um no but my favorite thing is is i grew up catholic and when you're reading the bible and when you're getting all of the stories told to you right you go to, to service i i always would focus on the gap that we don't see what happens to jesus when between 13 and 33 yep so there's a good 20 years in which he was just out having a blast, being you know, being yep. a dude, bro, and figuring out like what he's. And that's my favorite thing to reflect on. Yeah. And one of the thing, there's a book um, that's actually called. Uh, oh shoot, it's by Christopher Moore, and it's called Lamb. Okay. Um, and it literally talks about it's Jesus's best friend. Talking about like what they were doing for those. 20 oh, okay, kind of like a uh, what do they call that? There's a specific genre of that. It's um alternative history like yeah like like where you're kind of imagining what could have happened if this was this way or like yep. filling in the gaps yeah yeah there's a guy uh reza aslan who had he had a show on cnn for a while i think mm-hmm. he got the boot because he tweeted some um not good things at cnn kind of had to boot him but he had a show called believer that's really fascinating yeah um and he has a book on jesus because he he while he was like claimed Christianity for a while in his life, he, he landed on um, Islam. Yeah. Uh, I think because that's where his family was from, sure. all this kind of stuff. Uh, but he wrote a book called Zealot that is about what not the the Christ of faith, but the Jesus of history. Yeah. So the idea of yeah. what was life like? Like yep. how would he have grown up? Mm-hmm. What was the world around him? Yep. Uh, you know what? What city? So it talks about him being from Nazareth. So what was the major city there that he would have actually probably worked in that city? Yeah, and, and walked walking home distance and, too. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. really, really interesting. Um, I did a lot of um, research on on the Jesus of history, and again, he's filling in a lot of gaps. It's, yeah. it's what's going on around. Excuse me, Jesus at this time, yeah. and uh, really, really good, especially if you're interested in that kind of thing. Um, it's a good one. And again, he, he doesn't really focus on the faith aspect of Jesus, but on the um, historical, what was happening, the historical, That's very you cool. know, what do I'll we know of Jesus outside of the Bible? Yeah. Uh, so pretty, very interesting. Very yeah. Interesting. It's, but what's funny is, is when you think and and why I started talking about this is you talk about how faiths don't play well together sometimes. Um, but I always just, I like to think and that for those 20 years, he was out discovering and mm. He met a Siddhartha. He met probably a bunch of Islamic. He met whoever the current Buddha was at that right, time. Right, right. And then, like, because when you look at all of the faiths, like, just if you were to write, what's this faith's core tenet? What do they focus on? Right. What are they, they're, they're always the same treat others how you want to be treated. Like, be yeah, good. Yeah. Like, and it's crazy. There that is, they, and that's what, yeah. So, one of the things in the last year, two years, um, really kind of looking into the commonalities and the, like, the, so really like a compare contrast. So I've learned a lot more of kind of some of the things I think that people are thinking pricing. And I would say I really looked into what are the nuns, N-O-N-E-S, yeah. looking at. So the people who, the growing 
the largest growing religious affiliated group in America right now is the nuns. Yeah. N-O-N-E-S. Just people who are just tired of organized religion. Who just, I, I don't know. Like, I grew yeah. up this, but I don't go I th- to But I don't, I don't have anything. They say yeah. this a lot, ready? Right? I'm spiritual, but not religious. I, hey. Right? <laughs> I believe I said that quite a few right? times. So that's, <laughs> a, so that's a thing. And, and I heard that a lot downtown. Yeah. And so it really helped. Okay, so then what are people who are spiritual, not religious? Um, what are they thinking? What are they? Yeah. What are they? Because here's the thing: if they are spiritual, and I'm finding a lot of people that are, even who would not even say it that way, even the ones who say, oh, "I'm just atheist," mm-hmm. but there's a discovery and there is a actually system of belief that they have as well. So I just started looking into it. Yeah, I'm just gonna dive into it. And and while there are commonalities, one of the things that I that I hope to do is invite people into the thing about Jesus that is different than the Buddha. The Muhammad, yeah. All the, because I think there is one, there is one significant difference, and so I think as a church, what we want to do is we want to invite, we want to have that discussion, yeah, and then invite people into the one thing that is different, mm-hmm. um, based on what we would kind of believe and where where we would narrow it down to. But absolutely, there's tons and tons of commonality, and there's tons of people who are who are saying write things that are God truths, I think, but that wouldn't necessarily even say it that way. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Sure. That's awesome. That's so when you're not working with downtown faith, uh-huh. um, what's your favorite aspect of, of, of living in Vegas? Cause that's one thing that yeah. a lot of the people I've had on the show are actually born and raised. So I'm, oh, I, I always hear, um, well, I, I hear the gambit and, and you're another yeah, yeah. transplant like myself. Yep. So, like, why outside of the, the calling to, to work here? Right. Why Vegas? Yeah, man, I, I'll be honest with you. We, my wife and I both loved it immediately. Yeah. There is something about the city. Um, and, and again, I don't know if it is some of the, uh, the entertainment aspects. Yeah. So, like, in. In my, you know, if there's parallel universes, you know, there, I'm, I'm in the entertainment industry in another universe, right? I love, oh, yeah. I love comedy. I love, like I said, TV, movies. Um, that was something that I really felt like I could do and successfully do with my life mm-hmm. at one point, and really wanted to, to pursue that. And so there is kind of that energy in the city. You know, some people would tell you it's a place where you know, entertainers come to die, maybe, but um, there's still there's this energy. I mean. We went and saw the show Baz uh, the other night. What'd you think? Uh, incredible. Yeah. Like some of the vocalists were incredible. The way they they mash, it was, you know, it's such a modern mashup of these movies that are set in completely different places and times. Oh yeah. Um, just all coming out of Baz Luhrmann's head. Yeah, and, and just just my wife and I both really love it. It's just things like that. It's being in a city that's open twenty four seven. Oh, that's man. That is. I went back home to Detroit, and yeah. that was the one thing that I immediately was like, "Shoot, <laughs> I forgot that I can't leave at midnight yep. to go out." Yep. No, it's and yeah, it's just. So I mean, I grew up in a big city. I didn't grow up in a small town. Yeah. Jacksonville was a big city. It was certainly up and coming, and it's getting better and better as a city. I hear, and um, you know, it's pretty spread out and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. So I, I grew up in a big city, but there's just something about this city, um, and then certainly downtown specifically is. There's an energy that you feel when you've placed yourself down there. And like I said, yeah. it's, it's because of the creators and the doors yep. and the people you talk to. Well, it, it's just necessary. A restaurant yeah. or 
Um, you know, our neighbor now is head of like head chef of the entire Stratosphere Hotel and Casino. Oh, that's amazing. Um, which is another job I did. I, I worked in a, a high-end restaurant at one point, was a chef for a while, and I, I loved that job. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so outside of, like, the church stuff, I, I would say this. If I didn't do the church stuff, I would probably still want to live in downtown now and be a part of the energy, and I would just create. Yep. Um, I yeah. would do whatever I could to, in, to be a part of entertainment, whatever. Uh, like I said, I did uh, stand-up comedy with the podcast, which oh, was... Yeah. 2016 was kind of a thing. It was a um, not really a resolution, but a goal. It was like I'm gonna get up. And I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do open mics. I'm yeah. gonna do some. I'm, I've always said I could. I think I could. What do you think? How was it? Um, so I did four open mics before I auditioned for the podcast. Okay. Um, I did my first two open mics. My second one, I had. They were doing 10 minute sets. I was like, this is only my second time doing that. I mean, and I went the full 10 minutes and had a good set. So okay. like. I mean, good for a guy who's never done it before. For your you second know? time, yeah. Yeah. No. So first and second time, both good. I'm, I'm comfortable on a microphone. You know, I was a teacher, as a preacher, all those kind of things. I'm good at that. Um, and it was fun. The next two times, I absolutely bombed. Horde. Yes. Like, like, just like, I'm never doing this again. Uh, and then I auditioned for the podcast because they were looking for someone to back up the comedian there who's... Who's a real deal comedian? Actually, going to see him tonight over at the Rolling Smoke oh, no um, way. in the Pond Plaza. He, yeah, yeah. You know, him and a bunch of guys are, are doing a, a showcase up there, and yeah, you know, he's a real deal in entertainment in Vegas. Grew yeah. up here, kind of thing, and um, and so I was like, well, I'm not that good. We'll see. But I wrote some jokes, kind of in the style of the late night show. Yeah, and they they loved it. They loved it. He specifically oh, that's was like, awesome. you're gonna you're gonna be fine. And, yeah. and and so that actually was kind of my voice. So you know how some comedians are good at stand up, some are good at sketch, and then there's that kind of uh, daily show, weekend update yeah. style. Yep. Like the um, one off and like the just commenting on culture. Yeah. That kind of seemed to be what I was better at. Explaining a story yeah. and then just kind of a fun twist a turn at the end of the oh i love yeah. it um so yeah i loved that so that's what i would be doing and it's really what you know uh, we enjoy about downtown it's just um, so really quick i'm gonna jump back to the yeah. comedy thing for a second i went to uh, i was in la this weekend uh, and i have a lot of friends that i made at the crapshoot comedy festival that was in vegas and a lot of those I comedians so mad i didn't get to go it was incredible there i is, was yeah there were some amazing acts and i made you know, I was made good friends with with a lot of them. Yeah, yeah. So I went to go visit them and, and see them perform at the comedy store. So like that's comedian yeah, mecca. Yeah, yeah. That's yep. you know. Um, so it was really interesting. I, I I went there, and what was crazy is we got tickets for the main room. So we're sitting in the main room, and um, like Yakov Smirnov uh -huh. was there. Uh -huh. um, uh, Anthony Jeselnik, Christy Elia. My favorite comic oh man well i would say my my two years ago favorite comic uh my new f i have a new favorite yeah, guy, uh, uh nate bargatze okay uh he's on the new netflix thing yeah. uh stand-ups but he's also got his comedy central special his album it just so good that show the stand-ups is amazing yes the one it's on netflix now and it's um six 30-minute segments yep. Uh, that all happened in one night. Um, I actually, uh, three of them were at the Crapshoot Fest. So yes. I, I know yes. like Beth Stelling, uh -huh. I've had many conversations with her, and she's incredible. Very cool. Um, 
But it was it was interesting because we were going to and really quick before we move my my current favorite is Patton Oswalt because of his storytelling right man right. incredible anyways um, but it was it was interesting because you talk about open mic and you talk about stand up and it's always something that I've wanted to do and it's mm. something that I'm gonna push myself to do this yeah, year yeah. and I'm watching some of the people who are opening for the, the big two because the big two were Chris and Anthony mm-hmm. this night mm-hmm. and then. Um, Right afterwards was my friend Byron, and he killed it. He was working yeah, on his yeah. Netflix special, or Comedy Central special, excuse me. But what was crazy was it's about 10 o'clock at night, and the two openers just finished their set. Or no, it was like it was like probably 11. And then there's like six people after them. Okay, yeah. So those people after them had to compete for like, the crowd went from a packed standing room yes. to... Two people after, like the fun, there was ten people there. Yep, yep. And, the, and these are all the guys who are, they're just getting their first stuff on Comedy Central, yep. maybe hosting a something. Yep. They're, they're they're the real up and comers. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Because yeah. I yeah. I, I will say right now the word the name Byron Bowers. Like okay. look out for that. Mm-hmm. His set was incredible. Yeah. He's one of my you know good buddies, and he. Um, only had 15 minutes, and he was working on the last half of his Comedy Central special that's coming okay. up. And he killed it. But then right after he left, again, 40 more people left. Yep. And then 40 more people left. So we're there for, like, the last two comedians, and there's, like, me, my friend Melissa, and, like, five other people. Yeah. In a room built for, like, 300. Yep. And it was, like, I felt so bad. Like, right. I would just overtly laugh like really really loud and i for those who know me know i have like a very loud laugh when yeah I, you know me too that's like one of the things i'm known for yeah and you know pete holmes the yeah comedian so yes i met him uh at a thing and that was what i told him i was like one of the things he has a great podcast and he's known he's for like incredible. being this loud laugh laugh yeah. and i was like dude i was like i have a loud laugh too like it was he's like we kind like, of bonded I over know how you feel i cackle as well yeah yeah i have that one and what was what was funny is is I actually have like especially if it's like a funny joke that catches me off guard I don't like have like a full laugh like haha I just have one super loud ha right and <laughs> it was <laughs> I could tell that the comedian was like trying to figure out if it was like real or fake right is this guy being a jerk hundred percent real yeah but my joke was just it was just one big ha and then like move on That's anyways awesome. it was one of those things where I was just like that was rough. Yeah, and for me to get and f- to even imagine getting to like main stage, like center billing, just like this is what you have to deal with. You I was pay like, your dues. Oh, wow. <laughs> so that's uh, that's funny. I have a very similar comedy store story. Mm-hmm. Apparently, in well, if you were just there, it's the same thing. Like you said, uh, it's people working on their new thing coming yep. out in the fall or yep. whatever. And so my wife and I were there in June. We went to the Kimmel show. Um, I had a chance to meet his. Um, sister and some of his family members, cause Jimmy Kimmel's from Las Vegas. Yeah. Uh, and so I met them here at a fundraiser thing. I was emceeing and doing some things, helping with a thing that their family's um, uh, foundation or nonprofit supports or whatever. Yeah. I just, yeah, 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 yeah. So, so I got connected, and, and she said, hey, if you're ever going to L.A., just let me know, and I'll get you tickets to the show. We were supposed to be in the green room with whoever was the guest on the show that yeah. night. But the guests were all... 
um, guests is like a bunch of them, but they were next door at the theater for their premiere. Okay. And so they all had their own trailers. They didn't have the green room. Uh, so we yeah. didn't get to be in the green room with the stars, you know, eating, yeah, yeah. sipping on champagne and fine <laughs> food. But we, uh, but we got great seats and ended up talking to Jimmy like when he's doing crowd work in between. He's a true professional. Oh, seriously. And uh, his warm-up guy was a local stand-up comic, you know, mm-hmm. L.A. guy like trying to make it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I asked him, so where do you perform? He's like, well, I'll be tonight. I'll be like going on really late at the comedy store. Yeah. And they were having the show where it was a bunch of, uh, I mean, gosh, it was Judd Apatow, Anthony Jeselnik, Nick oh, Kroll. Wow. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm and it was like 15 different like big name people yeah. and they were working on new material for stuff. Oh, I love it. And so Tom Papa, like, so we, so we went and the tickets were pretty reasonable. Yeah. And then like you're saying, uh, it kind of was a long night cause of all those people. And then there was all these guys waiting in the back. Just like, like if someone's here, we get stage time yep. at the comedy store. Yes. And when I realized this was happening, so we got down to my wife and I at two o'clock in the morning. We're oh the God. only people in the room. Oh, that's amazing. And, and you're in the main and room, we, right? No, we were in the room behind the main room. Original which was room. Still the original yeah. room. It's still a big room. It's still a big room. And it was a, it was a packed house. And then when those guys started coming up, you know, people were, were taken off and, and I wasn't out of principle going yeah. to leave until the last, and, and what's funny is the last guy was the guy that was the warm up guy for Jimmy. Oh my God. Kimmel. That's amazing. Um, and so, but these guys were great. Oh yeah. And I'm seeing them pop up on things now and they're, they're working hard. They're paying their dues. They're, they're doing a good job and we had what a good time. And I kind of, because I do have a loud laugh and we were front and center. That's amazing. Uh, kind of got this. People were apparently were going in the back, like, Okay, hey, you're gonna like that guy. Like he's yeah. engaged, and I am. If you're funny, I'm with you. I'm, I'm gonna get your oh, jokes. Oh yeah, you're right there. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it and every so, time. It was so we had a great time. I even had a, had a blast. Um, but one of the guys tried to do crowd work with just me and my wife there, right? And so I'm trying to figure out what kind of jokes that these people want to hear. That's amazing. But he got thrown off. He's like, "Where are you from?" I was like, "Oh, from, we're from Las Vegas." And so then, what's the next question that a crowd work you're doing? Oh yeah. Well, what do you do? Yeah. So well, I'm a pastor, and then it just threw him off. And he was like, "Wait, but you laughed at that rape joke that that yeah, other comedian just, told earlier." <laughs> but wait a minute, he's like, "I'm allowed to be funny, <laughs> right?" I was like, "Well, that, it was." I get the irony. I get the joke, and so it just yeah, it, it kind of threw him off. But, it, but my wife and I, like to this day, we were we were on a vacation. So whenever um, our our one year old stopped breastfeeding, which yeah. basically your wife for that year is. You know, her boobs are theirs yeah. for a year. Oh, yeah. You, know? you have to very much <laughs> sign, just, sign them away. Right. Just, okay, okay, these are life-giving things. Uh, yeah. I'll play with them when My they're done. My child needs this. I get yeah. it. So but we did this with both of our kids. Whenever they were done breastfeeding, we just took a week away. Yeah. Um, just left them here. Yeah. We went somewhere else. Um, because eventually my kids are going to leave, and hopefully my wife is still there. That's the goal. So we do <laughs> these things with that goal yes. in mind. Uh, and so we did, we went to LA and we just did a bunch of stuff and that was like, of all the great things we did, like that was it because we were the last ones at the comedy stores. I love hearing that. Like, again, Mm -hmm. you're such a kindred spirit with me. Like when you're telling the story, I'm going, no way. Oh, he's the last one. I get it. I'm like tracking with everything you're saying. That was so cool. And we had, uh, so we were tweeting with Byron and stuff like his point and he actually pulled us aside and was like, do you want a tour? So he took us on a tour the whole thing. 
backstage. Ah, I would we went love like, that. while they were performing, we're in the green room. He's like, "This is the table where Richard Pryor was cutting up cocaine." There right, was, right. Well, that, I mean, yeah, that the walls could talk in that place. Oh my man. god. Well, I actually ended up. Um, there was so we, he takes us to like the green room and like right before you get on stage and there's like okay. a wall of mirrors and like well and everyone who's ever there signs it. Yes. So the wall is just like filled and not even like the outside the outside like there's space right but like the back was like filled and like i just i point at any point on the wall and i was like i know this person i know yeah. this person i know this person so many crazy. people like yeah and in the original room they have all the uh the old neon lights yes. of the names of the people yep. so robin williams richard mm-hmm. Pryor, and all these and again yeah comedy's been a thing of mine you know, when I was when I was in high school, it was like I don't yeah. know if you've seen the movie uh, "Don't Think Twice." Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I watched that, going, "Yeah, that's that's what yeah, I wanted to that's do." That's it. Yeah, that was that I wanted improv to, set. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wanted to go to I wanted to go to Chicago. I yeah. wanted to do improv. I wanted to get Second recruited City. to yeah. <laughs> to Saturday Night Live, and I wanted to I really wanted to write. I saw myself. I definitely can be a performer, but I really like writing. I find a lot of joy in. Oh yeah. Um, and so I was like, oh, I really, I want to write, and I want to write movies, mm-hmm. and that's what I want to do with my life, you know. And then I had this other call that I I submitted to, but I've also gotten to do some comedy along the way, and, yeah, and I think there's more in it. I'm trying to, I I want to slowly get back into like you're telling me. So if you if yeah. you go do an open mic, I can. There's one there's one specifically I'll take you to, and I'll go too. Okay, you know, I I'll, yeah, I'll, we'll we'll both just go that night, and we can watch each other bomb. Oh. And, Hell yeah. Uh, it'd be so and fun. And just, just stupidly loud laugh. Yeah, at just the laugh at each show. other and get it. Yeah. yeah. Um, That's, so. We're a comedy duo, but one of us is always in the audience <laughs> being yeah. really, really loud. Getting people around them yeah, laughing. Yeah, like, get that, like elbowing people. <laughs> you get it? That was funny. <laughs> um, that would be amazing. Yeah, so I, I'll absolutely, you know, um, that, would be, that would be fun. And yeah. there's one that's like, you know. Just right down the road from the house that I think on Tuesday nights I'm trying to get back into. It's right okay. by UNLV, so you get a little bit of the college crowd. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, it's uh, but it's a cool, and I, you know what's, what I, I'm kind of kicking myself. So Steve Byrne, do you know who that comedian yeah. is? I mean, he's yeah. pretty like you know big time guy now. Um, I recognized him on the street, uh, Fremont Street. Right? That's really. So I was walking out of I can't remember what I was doing. Uh, may have just been hanging out with some people down on Fremont Street one yeah. night, uh, you know, hustle and bustle, and he comes walking by, and I stopped him, and I said, hey, you're, you're a comedian. I, I know who you are. Mm-hmm. He was like, yeah, yeah, we're here. They were at Backstage Bar and Billiards doing um, doing a show, and yeah. he was on tour. It was part of his tour. And uh, I was like, yeah, I mean, you're the real deal. And I said, you know, I, I, I just local guy, done some some small things. I was like, but, you know, I, I love comedy. And he, he said this. He said, Come by tomorrow night at this time, and I will give you five minutes on the stage. Really? And I was like, "Oh crap!" Like he's like he's real. Like he's yeah. looking out for a you know struggling comic, and uh, kind of in his mind, you know. And and uh, I absolutely could not be there, right? Like I had something I just no, could yeah, not miss. Just... The, the you know it's one day, and in my mind, just going, "Man." What a cool opportunity that could, like if you get five minutes and you just nail it. Yeah. Like just, you just never know. Of okay. what yeah. he'd say or what he'd say. Yeah. Now, let me quick blow your mind on, on our lives walking somewhere past. He was performing. He was one of the comedians we saw on Friday. Oh, are you serious? Yeah. Oh my he gosh. Yes. And then, Small um, world. Look at that. 
So Steve Byrne, um, Steve Red and the Juice. Uh, I can't not say his last name. Steve Red and the Juicy, who's uh-huh. um, mm-hmm. like from the league, and he's working his way back into stand-up oh, comedy. Man. I'm sure you know all about that yes. controversy. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. Um, for those who don't know, <laughs> he he played. Um, oh shit! Wasn't it? <laughs> tall guy on um, the league? Um, what is his name? He was married to Jenny. I can't I, you know, I've only seen like name. two episodes of the league. I have no idea. He's he's, he's in some, he was in some funny. other things as well. Yeah. yeah, and he got into some hot water because he was claiming that he was at Ground Zero yep. during September 11th yep. and very much wasn't. Not so at he all. is now slowly like there was um, when he came out. There was polite applause. There's right. like the nice, like, yep. yeah, yep. but like he killed it. I can't believe he's still doing it. Yeah. Because there was such a backlash. Yes. And I'm that really glad that he just kind of said, F this, I'm moving forward. Yeah. And like, this is what I'm meant to do. Yeah. This is why I'm here. Yeah. This is what I'm doing. Yeah. Clearly. Cause and, yeah, I mean, that was a, yeah, that's brutal. It's almost like he's winning people back over one yeah. time. Cause we came, when he came out, people were like clapping cause of like, yeah. the league. but when he finished the, he got a huge, Oh, like, very good. Yeah. Good for him. He did the roast battle, which is a new popular thing that, um, what's his name? Uh, Jeffrey Ross. Jeff Ross. <laughs> yeah. So we actually saw him. He was filming a pr- a promo while we were walking to the comedy store. He was oh, coming out of the comedy store yeah. in this car, and they were had all these trucks filming something yeah. of him driving down uh, Sunset right there. And he That's yelled so something cool. at my wife and I. I think he yelled, "I'm Kevin Hart," or "I'm with Kevin Hart," or like yeah. Kevin Hart was in the car with. Him. I don't know. Like it was like, some, like well, we were like, right. "What?" Just, I said, "That's Jeff Ross." <laughs> um, but yeah, so Steve did that show and yeah. just got blasted I was like oh, dude man. that is not the place you want to be and people already hate you no but, uh, seriously yeah. I, I will say the other comedian who I thought killed it he was funny he told great story Theo James look him up Theo James Theo James okay. you'll, you'll know his face do you know is, Theo Vaughn oh maybe it was Theo Vaughn shit real rednecky it was Theo Vaughn yep Theo Vaughn who's Theo That's James my boy <laughs> Who is Theo James? Theo Vaughn is the oh, best guy out that like not a lot of people get. I don't think you get him. I was tearing up. Did he do his laughing. hamster stuff? He didn't do his hamster stuff. Okay. Um, no, he did um, a story about like a lazy boy chair salesman. Okay, he's probably yeah, it's probably new stuff. Oh, he's got so we he were there and killed it. Was it sixteen or fifth? Yeah, so sixteen, two thousand sixteen. So a year ago. Yeah, yeah. We went there a little over a year ago. He was working on his hamster stuff. Okay. So it's probably new stuff. That's good to know. He's coming out with new, good, new oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. And what was crazy was the audience, it, it had slimmed down from the, the 300. It was probably like 200 at this point. Yeah. And he was. He actually had, he came out with a mullet. Yes. And one of my favorite, favorite jokes was he goes, it's my gender neutral haircut. Uh. He goes, you're not allowed to be mad at this. This is a gender neutral haircut, y'all. And he, he's like, yes. the raging Cajun. He's like straight Dude. from Louisiana with the accent and everything. So, and he's he's not he's not your um, your Jeff Foxworthy redneck. No, he's he, the new generation of like, of backwoods comedy. It's 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 self reflective. I get that I'm a redneck, and it's funny. And no one bars. tells stories better than a redneck. No, he does it in Did, such a way, and especially when he you have that accent where it's yes. like. I don't know what you it is. You sound about the funny accent. sonically. Yeah. Sonically, you're funny. And yeah. it's just, it's just, oh man. So we ended up um, hanging out after the show, hanging out with Byron, um, Fahim Anwar. I'm sorry. Um, you said you hung out 
with Theo Vaughn. Yeah. I'm super jealous right now. So I'm gelling hardcore. But what was funny is I loved his set. Yeah. And I told him, I was just like, Theo, that was hilarious. And he goes, I felt like shit. It, I, you know, that was one yeah. of my worst sets I've ever done here. And I was like, what? Then I need to come back. And he was right. just like genuinely like, are you serious? I was like, yeah, I was I thought crying you did at his set. Like, dude, oh, like man. I couldn't, I couldn't breathe. Yeah. Like, it was one of those things where like, and it was very genuine. I was like, this guy. So here's what really got me with him. Yeah. The very first time I ever saw him. So there was a show on TBS okay. called, and I'm not going to remember it, but basically what it was, they would bring, so it was like a, it was like a prank show. Mm-hmm. So they'd be like set up in a restaurant or a coffee shop and they would have like a, a star, like Heidi Klum or yeah. somebody there. Um, and they basically will call someone like if a couple's together, they'll call the guy back and they're like, okay, listen, if you will do whatever Heidi Klum tells you to, which yeah, yeah I'll do whatever yeah. Heidi Klum tells me of to. Course. Um, then we'll give you money and it'll get progressively more difficult. And so he was like host and then helping the, yes. the people do this. Deal um, with it. Deal with it. Yes. Yeah, and they show. say, I can't deal with it. Then it's over. They don't get the yeah. money. But he did not have the accent. And he was very clean cut. No mullet. No whatever. He looked very professional. Yeah. And like you could tell he intentionally talked without an accent. So I thought that was real him. Yeah. And then when he did stand up, I was like, oh, this guy is crushing this character. It was just leaning into this redneck character. No, yeah, it's I the just opposite. Thought it was and it's the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> he is that guy that was on stage being the raging Cajun. Yeah. And he's not this clean cut, you know, frat boy guy that was on this uh, punk yeah. show. And so when I realized that, because I actually talked to one of the other comics afterwards, and I was like, um, I think they even commented on how hard I was laughing. I was like, well, yeah, I've seen him on his other show. He's, I really like this character. And they were like, no, that's him. I that's like, amazing. Wow. It blew my mind. Yeah. So That is uh, very cool. Yeah. Um, I will say one of the craziest things about the comedy store is I, I've heard that it brings people like it's, it's like a magical place. And what was crazy is, is I was there and I actually ended up running into a high school friend what? who is been in movies, been in film, and he is now doing the comedy route. I was like, oh, Paul cool. Alaya, And he, yeah, I'm super stoked to see what he's doing, but like, I think yeah. he's on his way to becoming like a featured member. So that's very cool. Props okay. to you, Again, Paul. Uh, awesome name, you. Yeah. It's more names to keep an eye out for. I know, right? That's pretty cool, man. Yeah. The, yeah. the one for sure, the comedy set, Byron Bowers. Byron Bowers. For that. I want to say I've heard him like, cause I, I tried to get to the crap shoot. Mm-hmm. I just, there was no, like, I think I had to work that night cause I also wedding DJ on the side yeah. and, um, yeah, I, like I wanted to go because there were several people. Oh, know, yeah. Mutual friend John was going to try and get me in, mm-hmm. like kind of backstage and to see everybody. And, and there was, was so, oh man, I got to hang out in the green room with David Tell. That was fun. Oh man! After his set, yep. he's a very, very cool dude. Yeah. So like, that's the thing is like, I I just want to be a fly on the wall, like for like in the green room. Oh man! You know? Yeah. 100%. For the guys that just like they're that are comfortable in their own skin and they're just busting on each other and they're, yeah. they're truly like there's a brotherhood there. Oh yeah, you know in L.A. I went to Nerdist uh, to the Nerdist Theater one time when I was there in L.A. Meltdown Comics. Yeah, Meltdown. Yeah. Well, I didn't go to the Meltdown. Well, the Meltdown is the theater. That's right. That's what they. But there's a show called Meltdown with Kamel and Jonah something. Uh yeah. Um, and then uh, but Kino I just Johnny went and to, Jonah Ray. Yeah, Jonah yeah. Ray. They were just doing another show. And again, it was these professional comics that were working on new material. It was kind of like their 
open mic. Like you yeah. some of them even have like paper in their hands where they're still reading the jokes. You know, oh yeah, they're working on. Because uh, Pete Holmes was there, and I really wanted to see him while I was in town. That's amazing. He ended up guest speaking at the workshop I was at the next day, which was, <laughs> was crazy. What? Is oh, like, that's amazing. I was like, what? Um, but like Ron Funches was there that night. I lo- uh, oh, man, yeah, he was funny. So my wife and I went and saw him in San Diego on our week away from the kids this past uh, June or May or whatever. Um, he was great. He was really, really That's great. That's awesome. And uh, he called me a laugh leader. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, his little silly voice. He's like, you, sir, are a laugh leader. That is incredible. Um, he is. Yeah. Oh, I will say the only thing I miss is with the comedy store, there, there are three rooms, and there's stuff happening in each of them. Uh, and we're stuck At the same in, time? Yeah. Okay. So we're in the main room, and we're hearing, like, laughter, like, mid-set from, like, the original room. Oh, very and upstairs cool. is the yeah, belly yeah. room. Um, the belly room, by the way, uh, got its name from a very unsavory way. Uh, so that used, that club used to be owned by the mob. Okay. And there's actually tunnels that go everywhere, like to oh, Chateau Mall, yeah, like yeah, across yeah. the street um, for when they would get raided. And they used to um, perform closed-door abortions upstairs, oh. and that's why it's called the belly room. That and, is... Interesting history and also terrible like, at the same, at the same time. time yeah. And what's even crazier was so it was mob control, there's belly room abortions, and then in the 60s, 70s, when it was the comedy store, they would only let women perform in the belly room. Oh. They, they wouldn't, they weren't allowed on the main stage right. or the original room. Wow. Yeah. So I was like, oh boy. But what's crazy, yeah. so we were in the main room and we hear like crazy laughter behind us, and I was just like, it's like, I want to be in that room too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's going on over there? Andrew Dice Clay was there. Oh my god. I know. I was like, gracious. son of a Are damn you it, Byron. Me? <laughs> Don't tell me these things. That's but that's the that's the common story. And and honestly, so the so the way I feel about Las Vegas is is the way I felt in LA. I went there twice in 2016. Yeah. And was like, I'm among my people. Yeah. Yep. When I'm here. Um so I, I told you know, I told my wife once, I said, you know, if if they were, if I were to move anywhere else in the world, I think it would be to L.A. Yeah, uh, I couldn't. I can't even afford to live here, so I'm not sure how I would afford to live there. <laughs> but um, but that's kind of like the again, like I, I was there. I was there for a workshop on for artists and communicators mm-hmm. in the Viper Room. Yeah. Uh, so during the day, okay. the Viper Room, someone had rented that out as like a space to do these workshops. That's amazing. Uh, and it was really great. Um, and then at night, you know, like I said, I was going to the comedy shows and different things. And uh, I just felt like, wow, this is, this is pretty phenomenal. And then going back there in June where we did a Kimmel and we did the comedy store. Yeah. And, and I just said, so this is um, – and then we actually hung out in Old Town Pasadena with some friends of ours that live there. And I loved it. You know, oh, it, yeah. it had a very downtown – again, it's, it's Old Town, historic mm-hmm. area, downtown yeah. of Pasadena, which was getting – uh, revitalized so very similar story oh, that's awesome. to Vegas although Vegas on like a, a grander scale but um, yeah I just feel at home I guess around the creatives yeah. and the entertainers yep. and the people totally again agree. the doers the they can, most people came to LA for a reason to do something to do something that's yeah. not why people come to Vegas mm-hmm. but it's why people are in downtown a lot of times yes um, yeah and because even in Zappos, and that's one of the things about Zappos, you know, uh, say what you will about all kinds of things. A lot of people have a lot of opinions. One of the things I do love, it seems like they foster um, they foster interests and passions outside of their own organization. Yeah. 
Yep. You know, they so, allow so, for him. Yeah, like Big Earn, who was um, who's on our core team at our church, and and, yeah. and he's you know kind of the godfather of downtown, mm-hmm. you know, and um, has his, his restaurant and stuff like that. But he worked his Zappos, yeah. and it was it was his passion and his love for barbecue. Mm-hmm. That Zappos was able to. He's like, I need to follow this. Yeah, like, and then they fostered that with him, and yeah. and so, yeah. Say what you will, you know, I I I really appreciate that about them. Yeah, it seems like even there's even places within the organization um, to sometimes live that out, you know, uh, which is is cool. You know, I knew another guy over there who loved music, and I actually have a pick that has Zappos Jam Room on it. Oh, that's that amazing! I play with all the time because yeah. they had their own room where him and other people from Zappos that yeah. want to play play in a band and yeah. do things for the you know. Uh, so I, I love that because I and that fostered there, and that's something you know, even through the church. I want people to use what they're passionate about yeah. and they're gifted in. Um, a lot of people don't think about that at the church, especially if they're not "quote unquote" church people. Yeah. Um, but you know, we have a guy. We need your passions. We need to use them. Yeah, they like will help to somehow. make this community better. Uh huh. Like let's Every foster time. that. And yeah. So, yeah, that's that's what that's one of the things I just. Um, and again, drew me to you. I you know every time I talked to you and run into you downtown, you were doing something else. Yeah. You so know, like even this podcast, to, like yeah. this is I'm doing something with my life. Mm-hmm. Um, even if it is having conversations with uh, weird pastors in your, Kim, you know, awesome in your studio. So. Well, shit, Jeremy, thank you so much for coming on. This yeah, man. incredible episode. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, we talk, talk about a whole lot of stuff. Yes. I love that we talked about comedy, though. Me too. That was incredible. We'll have to. So Melissa and I, my friend who went with me this weekend, we want to do an entire weekend where we just all three nights go to the comedy store. And then they have some earlier stuff at the Laugh Factory, like yep. eight down the street. Yeah, so yeah, maybe yeah. get like some early shows there and then just spend the whole day at the comedy store. Well, or an earlier show at, like I said, at, at Meltdown, yeah. some of the alt yeah. comics that, that oh, are there. Um, they record some podcasts there, some incredible. Uh-huh. Doug Loves Movies is one of my favorites. Yes, Doug so Benson. Let's, yeah, so let's good. figure out when we yep. can go because his are always at 420. Yep. So we can figure out like a show for there. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Let's That'd do it. so cool. Dude. So cool. Well, dude, thank you again so much for coming yeah, on. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. I'm stoked to put this up, and uh, I will talk to you soon. All right, man, we'll see you. Later. Bye.